Hello, everybody, and welcome to Northside Nine Podcast. It's time to kick back, crack a cold one, and get caught up on your Cubs baseball. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Northside Nine Podcast. I am Ron Luce, joined by my fantastic co-host, Justin Hunter, and our fantastic producer, Mr. Google Boy James Jacobson. Um, we're going to just dive right into it today, ladies and gentlemen. Warning, this: there's a chance this episode is explicit because the Cubs look like dog shit and we're not happy. Justin, what the hell's going on with this team? I don't know, Ron. I am completely flabbergasted. I am bamboozled, and I am completely demoralized by the start of this cup season. All great Scrabble words right there, man. And it As I just strike out year. to lose the game. Yep. That was so, almost poetic. It was poetic. <laughs> Albert Amore strikes out, two runners on. They make it seem like they're going to come back in the game after being down 9-0. They get four runs in the ninth. Um and the uh, the Braves sweep the Cubs. So one and five through six games, losing Beautiful. to the really terrible Texas Rangers, um, and then being swept by granted a very good Braves team, but nonetheless a sweep is still a sweep. And if you're going to compete in this Central uh, Division this year, sweeps are no good. Not going to do you anything. Um, no. So early opinions, Justin. Uh, we'll just dive to the two series we just talked about, Texas and Atlanta. What are your oh, thoughts? Oh, man. The Texas series probably took the most out of me just because that we talked about it on the you know pregame show or the preseason show that the Cubs need to get off to a hot start and get rolling because this division is going to be tough and every game is going to count. And we saw it in the opening day. And then after that, I was extremely optimistic. I'm like, man, they looked good. The bats looked good. Pitching looked good. You know, we'll be fine. And then, you know, the next two games happen. With and these are like these weren't just normal losses, man. These are demoralizing losses. These are you're leading late in the game and you blow it. And when you have a team that's the Texas now, Texas, you know, they aren't god awful. They got some guys that can hit a little bit, but at the end of the day, you need to lock down games and. It's not that they were blowing one run innings like one run leads. I can take that. It's blowing multiple run leads, and then end up losing. It's not like blowing a lead. Okay, we're tied. We'll get back at it. It's you know letting up a four run inning when you're up two, and now you're all, you're back to climbing back. That completely shifts the ball game, as we know, and then they get out of there only winning one game against a very beatable Rangers team. And I had this feeling they're going to go to Atlanta, and it's not going to get any better. Now you're playing really good. Hitters. I mean, that Atlanta lineup is pretty loaded, man. Just looking, even with Donaldson, really didn't even do anything this weekend. Yeah. And they still lit us up. They put up a lot of runs. And I don't know, man. It was almost, it, the way the bullpen has looked, it's almost been like you expect them to blow it. You're just kind of waiting for who's going to come in and who's going to blow it. Yeah. And the amount of walks, and I don't know, man. I'm just. I'm defeated tonight. I'm, I'm really, really defeated. It feels like it feels like a, a game of Russian roulette of which bullpen pitcher is going to kill you tonight because nobody's been consistent. I mean, arguably, uh, you know, I'd say between the three of us, um, 
have done a good job on on the old uh, the old Twitter. Um, but really, Kinsler's been the only halfway decent relief pitcher that they have right now. Nobody else has been consistent. You know, a couple guys have maybe shown a moment or two of brilliance, but even then, like nobody can be trusted in this bullpen right now. And you know, I. <laughs> I hate to say it because the clubs don't have any money to spend, but holy shit, sign Craig Kimbrell already. Literally, that addresses your biggest need. You know, we talked about it an extent last, you know, last episode. He moves everybody back into the spots they should be pitching in. He's not moving guys up into, into situations that they shouldn't be in. And at least now you know if you have a lead going into the ninth inning, you're not going to blow it. Weird. What a relief that would be. Because right now, I don't feel comfortable with any lead this team has. Look at this Atlanta series. They had a 4-2 lead in last night's game, right? Yeah, they blew it in the eighth. Yep. And they blew it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I know, I know, I know. It's six games. It's six games in an 162-game schedule. But you got to be kidding me right now. They look like a triple-A team out there. Like, I can't sit here and fathom the fact this is a team that won a World Series three years ago, and most of that core is still here. Bryant's still here. Rizzo's still here. A good majority of the pitching is still here. Like, I I just, I don't get it. I'm bamboozled, flabbergasted. All of those are such good words because I am right there with you, Justin. I feel the exact same way about all of it. And... Like, Darvish hasn't looked good. Hamels has been okay. Hendricks has, did not look good. Lester's been really good, actually. But I think it's hard to say Hendricks didn't look good just because the Cubs put on a fucking circus show behind him. I mean, I, I know this is kind of off topic, but Zagunas put me in the corner outfield. I can't imagine I'd do that much worse. I mean, <laughs> he, he's brutal out there. He takes awful routes. He can't see the ball. He's got... I, his speed it has to be, you know, lowest of the low, man. He's like a, a 10 on MLB The Show. And I just, like, Hendricks would have been fine. He would have gotten out of that inning with no runs. But they just, they didn't give him a shot. And then he got hit. And then that game's over right away. And then what happened when they were up 4-2, that just, how predictable was that? I'm sorry, bases loaded juice. I said to myself, Rosario's going to let up a fucking rocket and the literally the next pitch after i said that just boom smacked it's almost like the the, the approach of the bullpen is what's really bothering me it, like i know they can't find the strike zone but this seems like sometimes you know when you're pitching like obviously i was never like a high level pitcher but it, i feel like you you throw a strike right and then you get into expand mode they're like in expand mode right away they're throwing first pitch sliders first pitch changeups in the dirt it's like what the hell are you doing cuz now you're down and you can't find the strikes on anyways no one in this bullpen has put away stuff they have all solid stuff they're, this is very much a pitch to contact bullpen and just it's it's awful to watch dude there's like nobody and like i want to blame joe but like how can you was what he has to work with. There's nothing he can really do. Like, do I like that he brought in Rosario the other night? No. But, I mean, then Brock came in, and he didn't do much better. What? It wouldn't even have been a difference. And, like, he is, at this, at some at an extent, he's got to work with, like, a, 
like a triple A bullpen at times, man. Like a lot of these guys on the Cubs bullpen, like obviously that some of these guys are more established have just not started off well, which is obviously something that can change. But Rosario isn't very good. Montgomery has been very bad. I'm trying to think of who else hasn't been good. There's everyone. I mean, Edwards is Ed- might need to send Edwards might need to get sent sent down. Edwards tonight was throwing. He looked like me trying to throw pitches over the plate. He threw one about three and a half feet over Wilson Contreras' head and like three and a half feet off to the his Contreras' left. He threw another one in the dirt that got away that led to a run tonight. Like. I, I, and Justin, this may have been been you. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but whoever the hell tweeted tonight for us that you know when Joe has to bring in Tyler Chatwood to relieve Edwards because he has control issues, there is a serious fucking problem with this. Yeah, problem. that was on my personal Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I knew I saw that somewhere, and I laughed, and I was like, but it's so right. It's so true, because right now this team is just, this bullpen is hot garbage. To your point, it looks like they're trotting out a triple-A bullpen. Because these guys come out, and you're just begging them to give the game up. Because at this point, it's like, what what else can we expect right now? Like, the only bright spots on this team are the bats and we'll we'll talk about that more later because the glaring issue is this terrible bullpen yeah i mean even uh we have our thoughts on the bats later so we'll we'll wait on that but one thing i want to say that you said about kimbrell there's no way they're going to sign him there's a few factors to that one apparently we're broke and kimbrell's not going to be cheap even at this point in the free agency process two he won't even be ready till may at best and then you might not even get that much out of him he's very non-typical offseason for him, obviously. I mean, he still doesn't have a team. He's one of the best closers. And, unfortunately, he's a qualifying offer guy. So that means the Cubs will have to give up their first-round pick to sign Craig Kimbrell. And the problem with that is the Cubs' farm system is completely depleted, partially due to trades and partially just because a lot of these guys have ended up coming up and sticking around and contributing. And the Cubs can't really afford to give up a first-round pick especially with these guys' contracts running out. And I just don't see a way where they go and get them. I mean, nothing in the front office has said it makes it sound like they're going to make any changes. Jed Hoyer today sounded, I heard him on the radio, he sounded like their Cubs aren't going to make any changes. And there's just, I don't know, man. There's just I just can't see them signing him. And I'm trying to think if he would even help that much because if, if he comes back and he's ready to go and then Morrow's ready to go and Strope is good and Shishak is good then you have a really solid end of the bullpen where you can go Strope, Morrow, um, Kimbrell but this is this is obviously this is a fantasy at this point like I just because yeah. of all of that things I just can't see the Cubs making the signing but with Knable hurt I know the Brewers have kind of said that they're not going to go after Kimbrell but what if they say fuck it let's just sign him what if they end up what if he's down to sign one of those prove it deals that they kind of got Grandall on you know or a Donaldson where it's just like one year like 20 million like well, that's fine we'll just We'll bring you in. We're gonna we're gonna go for it. Yeah, and we'll bite the bullet for one season and give you the money. Exactly, and that's like the scariest. That's the scariest thing right now because right now the Brewers are four and a half up on the Cubs, and if they do anything but you know win the series, they're gonna be at least five and a half back, and potentially seven and a half back after basically a week of baseball, and yeah. that's ridiculous because. 
you can't do this against this division because you're not going to be able to beat up on these teams. The Reds don't look good, but I mean, can I, the Cubs don't look good. Like, yeah. I, I, Pirates I don't, don't look good either, but and even then, you know, you you still look at like a Pirates team and they they still have the talent to beat the Cubs because clearly right now everybody can beat the the Cubs. And yeah, to your point, there is no wiggle room in this division this year. This is not a weak division by any means. This isn't, you know, I don't even know. This isn't the AL Central. This or the NL Central on 17. Yeah, like this isn't, this isn't, I think, but literally though, like this isn't the AL Central where you could be the Cleveland Indians and win, what, 85 games and probably win that division this year? Like... To your point, the Brewers look amazing. The Cardinals look decent. I mean, obviously they played the Brewers in a good number of those games, so their record doesn't speak to how good they've looked, but Goldschmidt's already proving to be an unreal addition to that team. And to your point, you know, if the Reds and Pirates figure anything close out to the potential they have on their roster right now, you cannot afford to be one in five through six games because potentially three of those five games that you just lost can come back and bite you at the end of the season even if you do get hot you know and i pray that they get hot because i'll be honest with you i don't know if i'm ready for the cubs to suck yet because they just have way too much talent to suck this isn't the the 20 you know 13 cubs where you know paul mahalam is your your ace pitcher and you know, a guy like a Tommy Lastella is like one of your top, you know, hitters in the season. Like that's that's not this team. You've all stars up and down that lineup. You have, and sure, I know it's historical. Everybody's like, well, what have they done for me lately? But pedigree wise, this rotation's the arguably the best pedigree in baseball. Obviously, these guys aren't what they used to be, but still, they should at least be able to be half of themselves, three quarters of themselves in their prime. You know, I would at least hope for that. Maybe two thirds if we're starting to play the fraction game here. Like, so, so, I, I literally, I'm dumbfounded. I'm literally dumbfounded at the fact that Max Freed and they're and they're. I'm I'm looking at his statistics from tonight right now. Six Pitch innings, well, man. one hit, no earned, five Ks, zero walks on eighty eight pitches. He had a no hitter going through five and two thirds. You perfect are, game. <laughs> Perfect game yeah. until Mark Zagunas is done. I said a single. Yeah, like you're gonna sit here and fucking tell me that this kid who's been a relief pitcher more times than not can come in and just dominate. Eat them alive, dude. Yeah. And I want to—I'll give him the benefit of the doubt just because that kid looked good, man. He was putting his pitch. I watched the entire game. He was putting his pitches wherever they wanted to, man. They were sharp. I mean, he didn't give the Cubs many opportunities to drive something. But, like, someone, I know this is also kind of off topic, but someone I'm a little disappointed in is Chris Bryant, man. I mean, he had a good first series, but he's not driving the ball really, man. It's He's starting to look a little bit like kind of Chris Bryant in 17, and kind of like last year where he's just, he's hitting singles, but he's not driving the ball, man. He's not hitting these bombs, these majestic homers. Yeah, he hit the one, and he had a hot series against the Rangers, but... It's the Rangers, man. Like, we need you now. Like, I predicted him to be an MVP. We all thought he was going to have this great year. He tailed off at the end of the spring, and I think he's probably only hitting, like, 200 now. It's obviously early, so average isn't that important. 
but he really wasn't very impactful in this Brave series at all. And those are our guys right now. Bryant, Rizzo, Javi, Schwarber's looked good. Those are supposed to be, that's where the thump is. That's where the power in this lineup is. And if Bryant's not hitting for power, then you really only have three legitimate power threats. And that's not good, man. And to kind of jump on your point with the starting rotation, I think a lot of the problem is we don't have anyone with put-away shit. We don't really have anyone who throw. I mean, Darvish throws the hardest in the in the uh, rotation, and he's not what he used to be. He's not pumping ninety-seven up there. They can when they are when they're nibbling, they have to hit their spots. They do, and if they don't, they get hit. And we also see they walk people because you're obviously nibbling. And if you get an umpire who's more of a hitter-friendly umpire, then what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to be Hendricks, and you're going to have to go ahead and throw one in the zone and get taken deep on an 0-2 pitch like you did against Inciarte. It's just the way this lineup, I mean, the starting rotation is put together, is a bunch of guys who are seemingly out of their prime and are getting paid handily for it. Now, Lester, obviously, we're going to take him out of this conversation because he's been the only solid pitcher for the Cubs, really. But, I mean, Hamels has paid a lot of money. That that game was also kind of wacky with what happened with him. He was rolling along, but... Yeah. I mean, then you have Darvish. We, we don't even need to say more about him. He he started off good, and, it seemed, and then it went into last year. Well, 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 it's the fifth inning. Time for me to blow up yeah. and ruin this game, you know? And all that promise he had going through that game, it just left and he still had location issues i mean the braves bailed him out on a couple sliders that i didn't think were necessarily that great but obviously i'm not a hitter so i'm sure they were good looking sliders but they weren't like i don't know man we don't have even in the pen we don't have anyone with that blow you away put away shit and in this mlb where every other team seemingly has those guys these guys see that and then when they come and they see you're throwing 92 and you miss your spot, they're going to crank it. That looks like 80 to them at this point. Like That's just the way the MLB has evolved, and it's a problem, and the thing that sucks about it is there's no foreseeable fix to it. Yeah. No, and to your point, I mean, you know, we got we got a little stat here in front of us. 35 walks in five games entering. That was entering today. Oh, by 40-something this, now. By no. this, yeah, by this pitching staff. And 17 and 17 and a third through those five entering today. Then this bullpen goes out there tonight and gives up eight hits and six earned runs to the Braves. Like, what What the hell is going on? You know, and to your point, and I, I, I agree because that is every thought I sit here and think of when, you know, Ricketts or anybody really comes out and goes, well... We're broke and we can't afford to pay anybody because you're paying all these pitchers as if they're in their fucking prime. You're paying Darvish as if he's 25. You're paying and agree. We'll take Lester out of this conversation because he's actually remotely pitching the way he should be. Even at his age, he's still pitching effectively. And and Hamels, you know, yeah, it was a kind of a wonky, weird game. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he did look good early. But even then, he's still making 20 million. You know, Hendricks got a nice bump, and I think Hendricks will figure it out. I'm not mad at Hendricks right now. You know, again, to your point, he had freaking the recreation of the Barnaby, you know, you know, Barnaby, whatever the hell the fucking circus used to be called that no longer exists anymore that used to send, you know, the Bulls and the Blackhawks on the circus trip every year. Whatever that was behind him was terrible. And you know what? Pleasantly, Quintana looked 
pretty good in his little relief stint for Darvish. So let's say that three of the five or four of the five have been okay enough. The, I think the starting pitching will figure itself out. If Darvish can ever figure out what the fuck he's doing, the pitching, the starting pitching might actually be okay. But God forbid they don't go past the seventh inning. What the hell are you going to do? Because this bullpen is like you and I going out there throwing 16 inch softballs over the middle of the plate. And these pro hitters like Nick Markakis, who had lit up the, he was five for five today, four for four. Oh, uh, for, for, yeah, yeah, like put three dollars. Five for five. I think yeah, I think he got another one, dude. He's yeah, he's five for five. five. I was listening on uh, six seventy on the way back from class. That's four for four right now. Oh, I swear to God. On the thing, I thought it too as well. But either way, he had three doubles. Nonetheless, he, he, he just pooped all over the cups. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. That that was exactly the point of going was going towards. So thank you for that. Uh, like, I'm just dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded. And yeah, there is no guy in this bullpen that's a put away guy. I think when I think put away guys right now, especially in the NL Central, I think of Josh Hader as the perfect example of a guy with put-away shit. Because what did he do the other night? Didn't he pitch in relief and go five innings? Did I see that correctly the other uh, night? I don't think he did that, but he did the other day. He had the immaculate inning. So he had nine pitches, three strikeouts. I think he had eight swing and misses. Okay, so I think, balls, I think it was... ridiculous. Yeah, I think it was his... So, apologies. I think it was his season statistics. And this was... This was probably about four days ago, so I'm sure it's changed since then. But at the time when I saw the tweet, and I read it, and I digested it, and I believe my reaction was, holy shit, I can't believe this is real, is he pitched five innings. I think he may have gave up one hit. I don't think he walked anyone. And he struck out 10 on 62 pitches. Like, holy shit, to your point, that's a put-out guy. That's a guy who's going to come in and just blow 97 as a left-hander past everybody, and you don't stand a fucking chance against him. Or, you know, I think even still to this day, at times, a role this has his moments where he has that blow-away stuff. Or I think the Alex Reyes kid down in St. Louis, when he's healthy, he hits... Well, they got Jordan Hicks as well. I mean, that yeah. dude's ridiculous. It's Both like The Cubs guys. have... Strope and Morrow have good strikeout stuff, but you can't even get to Strope at this point. He's yeah. only pitched twice. He can't eat. I mean, Strope's, the lead's already the lead's gone by the end. Right, Strope, so, so Strope's coming into the game you know, when they're down by three. So it's like, what the fuck is he going to do? You know, minimize the damage at this point. I mean, it just. And this is what I think. This is what really pisses me off. And since we're just really on a ranting session tonight, I think we need it therapeutically right now. But holy shit. Like, how can you go out over the last X number of trade deadlines as Theo and, and Jed, and you get all these bullpen arms, yet none of them are worth a shit? Kinsler's been the only one, really, right now, who's you kind of sit there and go, okay, maybe he wasn't such a bad acquisition. But, like, none of these other guys have done shit, you know? And then they go out and, oh, you know, we're, you know, we're in it to win it, and this is the expectation, blah, 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 yet we're going to go sign David Descalso and fucking Brad Brock. Like, that's your big pitching acquisition is Brad yeah, Brock? Daniel, Daniel Descalso and Brad Brock were pretty much the only major additions they've made. Yeah. They and got, like, they got, then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then the the one other thing that pisses me off is, 
and I, and I was actually telling, I don't know, I think I told like three people this. How are you, the okay, so the definition of chaos is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. This insanity, team, you mean? Chaos, insanity, potato, potato. At this point, they're all interchangeable. <laughs> but as, as the front office, you have a team that looks almost identical to what it's looked like over the last three seasons. What have you done over the last three seasons? You have not done any major upgrades to this team. I'm sorry, you haven't. Darvish, arguably, at the time on paper was a major upgrade, has not been a major upgrade. Hamels has been an upgrade, but I wouldn't call it a major upgrade. Like, how the, how the, and we're putting the explicit tag on this, I don't care. How the fuck can you go into these, these seasons now, this third season, with this team looking nearly identical to what it's been, and expect them to go win 103 games and win the division in the World Series when you've done nothing to improve the team. Like, how? How can you go in there? This is the time when, and again, and I hate I hate six games in the season being this guy of, ah, oh, trade this guy and trade that guy. But, like, would it kill you to make a, like, Schwarber trade for a legitimate starting pitcher who's young and controllable? Would it kill you to make a trade for maybe you trade Ian Happ? Or maybe you, maybe, hell, maybe you trade Albert Elmore as much as I'd hate to see it because I like Elmore's glove. Maybe you do it. Maybe you go get that fucking elite starting pitcher. Like a guy like Schwarber, you trade him to an AL team that has a couple of good pitchers and they feel like they can get rid of a guy, would jump all over at the opportunity. Like, holy hell, if the Cubs went to Cleveland right now and were like, hey, Indians, we'll give you Schwarber for like Trevor Bauer. Oh, oh my God, that'd be incredible. Because Bauer's been fantastic. Or fuck, even Kluber. You know, or anything at this point, any anything that's an upgrade. I don't care who, what their name is. I don't care, you know, what jersey number they wear at this point. But if, as long as they're going to improve that fucking pitching staff, do it. They they haven't done anything that's really going to improve this team. They they keep swearing by the roster that they've had for the last three seasons that this is going to get the job done. Yeah, assuming everybody has a career year, it's going to get the job done. But you've seen it. Bryant hasn't been able to put together a full season the way he did in, in his MVP season. Javi put together a full season, but you know Rizzo's been consistent, but he hasn't been putting up like an MVP-esque season. And then the rest of the fucking roster is inconsistent. So you, 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 as at least as a fan, I sit here and I ask myself, how the hell can you expect this team? to go out and win 103, 104 games in a World Series when you've done nothing to improve them legitimately. It's mind-boggling to me, and it, it pisses me off, clearly, and we're both upset about it, but, like, it literally angers the shit out of me that they can sit here and be comfortable with this and be like, yeah, this is fine. I think of the little frickin' dog sitting at the table with the flames all around him saying, this is fine. Like, that's just how I feel about this entire situation. I feel that way as a fan. I feel like Theo and Jed feel that way sitting in the front office right now. They're like, yeah, this is fine. Our bullpen is easily the worst in the major leagues, but this is fine. But we're going to go win 95 games because everybody's in and we want it now and blah, 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 blah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself with all that shit. I'm just... 
I am so upset with the front office. Like, everything you're saying is right. And I said this in the group chat the other day when I was really angry. Like, yesterday I was, you can, you know, attest to it. I was blowing up the group chat. I was livid because I'm starting to think. Losing it. Since since really the Lester and Zobris free agent signings, every free agent signing has flopped. Hayward flopped. Chatwood flopped. Darvish flopped. Dunsing. Was Dunsing a free agent guy? I don't, I don't, remember. Even, I don't even know. At this Flop. point, I don't even care. Who cares? He's off the team. He's somewhere being shitty. And, like, yeah, Theo has made some good trades. We got Chapman and, you know, Cole Hamels. I guess the Kinsler trade may is fine. I mean, these are guys that were just kind of nothing. And then there was the Daniel Murphy pick him up off the waiver wire. And it's just like... I, the magic is starting to wear off with me for Theo. I understand he put this team together. It must have really been hard for him to find these good players with our top five draft picks when we were really bad. And, you know, he somehow find these guys. And, yeah, a lot of them worked out. He made some other trades, like getting, you know, Russell and, I guess, Edwards. I don't even want to consider that. But he was a good piece of that 2016 team. Once and he was – yeah, he was uh, – that seems like it was like five years ago at this point. But – just like the way they've spent their money, like, and everything else, and then all the, and now they're, and now they're broke. That really upset me. The Ricketts having the nerve to come out and say we're broke when all you're doing is, I understand you, you need to renovate Wrigley, but then you're, you're spending all these money on these luxury buildings, you're building hotels, all these other things. You're like completely changing Clark Street. You're doing like all these things. How are you broke? How are you broke right now? This is the golden era of Cubs baseball. This was supposed to be a dynasty. We've said that so many times. And they're going to start looking like a flash in the pan. A team that all got hot and everything went their way. Everything was perfect. Nobody got hurt. They had some clutch hits. They got to take advantage of the Cleveland starting staff being completely decimated by the time it made it to the World Series. And it's like, what the hell was happening? What happened to this team? And now there's there's like nothing even in sight that's going to tell me that oh it's going to get better. Everyone that could be a free agent looks like they're going to sign extensions. There's no farm system. Your best prospect is a guy you just drafted, probably Nico Horner, and who knows how good he'll be, how impactful he'll be. He's just, he's going to be like a, probably a high contact guy. And it's just like, so what happens when these guys hit free agency? What happens when you have to decide between Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez and Schwarber? Who are you going to sign? Who are you going to find? And and if the Cubs are bad, do you sell? Do you get ahead of it? Like, what do you even do at this point? And another thing I saw that really pissed me off that Theo said was that the average the average fan for every team thinks their bullpen is bad. How dare you? How dare you after watching what they've done and knowing what the problem was that you're going to sit there and you're going to say, oh, it's just, it's like that smugness I hate when it's always like, well, the average fan doesn't know nothing. No one knows anything. Only we do because we we're, we have big high up positions and we're in a major league. This bullpen is bad. They are bad. I can't tell you one guy who I could see being on another good team that would be in a high leverage situation except maybe Strope and Morrow when he's not hurting himself. And it's like, it's so bad. And there's... The, the worst thing is they haven't given me anything to show that things are going to get better. You know, it's not like this is like a stretch that randomly happens in May where you can look back on what they've done previously 
in the season, be like, oh, they're they're going to be fine. You know, they're going to they're figuring out this is a rough patch. Like these guys, just, and I understand they're not going to be this bad for this long. They can't. I mean, I guess they could, but these like Shishak, what happened? That was ridiculous. I've he's been so solid for the Cubs. Strope when he had his bad one, he's been so solid for the Cubs. Kinsler is picking it up, but then like when I say that, like who else in this bullpen is really proven? Carl Edwards had like a nice year and a half. Remember the back end of 17, he started to struggle. And then 18, he obviously had his struggles for predominantly the entire year to where it was looking like he was on his way to being like the solid, he was the eighth inning guy, you know, or maybe the seventh inning guy. He was your late inning guy that you come in, he's going to K everybody, strike everybody out. And I just, I don't understand like what went wrong. We're obviously really early in the season and who knows, maybe they go and, get really hot and sweep Milwaukee. And then all of a sudden everything's different because they do have somewhat of a favorable schedule after Milwaukee. They have some teams coming in. I think they play the Pirates at home and then they get the angels and maybe the Mariners. I don't know, like some teams that aren't that good. So who knows? Maybe they'll get hot and division division standings don't really matter at this point in the season. There's way too much baseball to be played way too many games against the division to be played. But it's like, what if we talk about what have you done for me lately? What has the front office done for me lately? Yep. Like they they got the way Davis trade, which was nice. Give up only Jorge Soler. That was that was good, but, but they got, haven't. But you got one year out of Wade Davis, exactly. And you haven't developed any pitching, like zero pitching they've None. developed. Like, like, can you name one guy that they just straight up developed? Like maybe uh, I guess Kyle Hendricks, but he was already kind of on his on his track. I I, like, I have Tony. a guy. I have a guy they developed. Uh, I believe his name is Dylan Cease. But oh wait, that's right. He's pitching on the south oh, side yeah, now. Oh, now they get to develop there, and they've been trying to develop Dylan Maples for the longest time. That dude can't. He he's got the nastiest shit, but he can't throw strikes. I know you like him, but I yeah. Even last year when he came up, I mean that's that was his problem. He couldn't couldn't throw strikes. Apparently his bullpen can't throw strikes. And something James said. Why did we get rid of uh, Hickey? Do you know what what happened with that? Because I mean, the like the bullpen uh, was kind know, of in yeah. shambles last year, and the staff was like very underperforming with injuries and all of that. And the Cubs bullpen last year wasn't that terrible. Going with, even with all of their injuries, losing Morrow and Stroh at the end of the season, they weren't that terrible. They weren't the reason the Cubs were losing games last year. It was their offense. Yeah, I thought Jim. Hickey, I thought Jim Hickey did fine with the staff. Maybe I'm just now just because I've seen what's going on now. I'm just like, oh, give me anybody back when, you know, from when times weren't as shitty. But it's I, – I just don't get it. We've we've been picking new coaches every year. Maybe it's time to look at some of the players you had. Like, yeah, they had good years in 16. That happens with young players. The league eventually adjusts. Yeah. And water finds its level, and you're not going to have – five to six dudes that all came in the same time that are all going to be all-stars all year. It doesn't happen like that. Right. And not add and just keep banking on potential for doing it for one season is fine. Maybe even 18, but now you're doing it again and you, and now you're broke because you spent all your money on bad players. I just, yeah. it's disappointing, man. It's just like, it's so disappointing as a Cubs fan, knowing what this team and this core of this group could have been, with some smart free agency decisions around them or just some guys coming up from the minors that are good that you can bring in. Like that's the one thing. Um, look at the Cardinals. Yeah, they had those off years, but they've always had a good farm yeah. and they've still been able to draft without being in the top position. 
and they they have all these arms, dude. Like if the they have all these young guys, and the Brewers have young guys, and all these other good teams have young guys. Look at the Dodgers. Look what they're bringing out. Walker Bueller, he's a stud. Why can't the Cubs have one of those? Why do we not have a good pitcher in the minors? We have nothing. Why can't we develop anybody to be halfway decent enough to come up and make an impact for a championship caliber team? I just, I don't get it, man. I, I just don't understand. And I don't get it either. And I, I think, I don't think we're the only Cubs fans that feel that way. Um, yeah, I. I have nothing else to add because I think you hit it absolutely on the on the spot. So, as we digress a little bit, uh, we're gonna step back for a moment. We're gonna collect ourselves, and uh, we're gonna get a quick word from our sponsors. Alrighty, well, thank you to our fantastic sponsor, and I feel a little better now. I took a little deep breath. I'm a little calmer. I'm not that much more calm, but I'm a little calmer. But let's talk about something that actually has been a slight bright spot in this season. And that is the offense so far. Tonight, it took them till the ninth to get there, admittedly. But overall, they've looked good. They, you know, the biggest thing I know that you've you've called out, Justin, and 100% agree, they have that approach back that they had when they were so successful, you know, in 16 and even for a bit in 17 of making pitchers work. Even if a guy's getting you out, he has to throw eight, nine, ten pitches in an at bat. You know, they're they're getting starting pitchers to, you know, more often than not, I would say tonight maybe being the exception, they're throwing 55, 60 pitches through three innings. Which is great. That's fantastic. That's how they're gonna win games because over the length of a series you're gonna wear down the bullpen because they have to come in, in the fifth inning or they in the sixth inning. That all being said, I think the Texas series is a perfect example of that. How in the hell can you score ten runs and still lose? And I don't want to. I don't want to. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave the pitching behind us for a little while because we're we're way too fired up about the pitching, and I think rightfully so. And I don't think we're the only ones, you know. But even then, I think right now, you know, looking at what I see as a fan. And I sit here and I say, Baez looks good. Rizzo's being Rizzo. And then their other superstar is, is kind of struggling. And Justin, I know, I know you started to touch on that, so I want to hear more from you. Chris Bryant looked great in the Texas series. Kind of went quiet now. What What's going on with him? I don't know. It's almost too early to really tell. It's just... You know, I don't know, man. It's he's like missing his pitches. He's fouling off so many pitches that, like, in sixteen and fifteen, and even parts of seventeen, he would drive and he would hit with authority. And he used to be this intimidating presence in this box, it's this big dude who can take you four hundred at any second. And people are pitching him outside. They're pitching him high. They're forcing him to drive the ball the other way with with authority, with power, with things we've talked about that he needs to do to become a better, well-established hitter at this point in his career. And he had the nice opposite field home run the first game against the Rangers, and I thought that would be would be a good omen. And you know, it's, I'm not gonna. I don't want to judge him over a series, right? It's that's that's wrong to be like. Well, you know, he looks like shit. Tehran's really tough on righties. His arm angle's nasty. He's got good stuff. He's 
He's been an opening day starter for six straight years for a reason. Um, who they go against? Duke Nukem. Is that, that's not his name, not Duke Nukem. It's uh, Sean Nukem. <laughs> Sean Nukem. I'm thinking of the video game. Oh, yeah, that's like a video. And then the guy tonight, all of them have pitched. Uh, they are pitching well. I mean, the guy tonight pitched really well. So it's hard to like, but he just hasn't. He doesn't have that feel, man. Like, do you remember in sixteen? I know I always say sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. But, I mean, that's what these guys set the bar at, right? So when I think about what I – the feeling – like a lot of things I go off of, like how do I feel when a guy steps in the box? Like what feeling do they give me? Or how do I feel when a guy's on the mound? That's how I know if, I, if I'm confident in there or not. When he's up there, I used to think he's going to shit on this ball regardless. And now when he's up there, it's well, hopefully he gets one right down the cock that he can, you know, send deep. Because, I don't know, I, he just – he we need him. We need Chris to be yeah. Chris, and he, you know he wants this big contract. And if he's gonna, if he doesn't have a good year this year, he's a guy who had one good year. If you relatively think about it, yeah. and that's like crazy to think about when you think of Chris Bryant. You think of this guy who was going to be a transcendent star. He was going to be up there with the Mike Trouts. He was going to be up there with the Mookie Betts. He's going to be up there with these guys, and he is just—he hasn't gotten better. And that's the problem. Like, last year he was hurt. He was really good before he got hurt. But, again, he wasn't, like, hitting the ball out of the yard a whole bunch. You know, he was just, like, he's almost like a little contact guy. He's sure. a 6'4 contact guy with a huge uppercut swing. And he had a bunch of ground outs today. I mean, he was hitting him on Josh Donaldson. That's already a recipe for disaster because he's going to get you out. He was unbelievable tonight. That's something that um, I noticed. He was eating everything up. He's looking strong. I mean, I kind of wanted the Cubs to pick him up and then maybe move Bryant to full-time outfield just because Bryant's a, he's a solid third baseman, nothing special. Um, he's an average defender. Yeah, so it's just it's disappointing because he was looking like, okay, he's going to get off to the super hot start where he's just crushing the ball and I need to see more balls in the gap. If he only hits 30 home runs, I'm fine with that. That's obviously good. He's like 25, 30, but he needs to hit. Give me like 40 doubles. Give me like 30 something doubles. You need to be hit driving balls in the gap, man. Like you, we can't have you be our second. You, you just see, might as well lead him off at this point. Like what, what else is he? He has no power right now. And I know it's so early. So I, I, I know I'm kind of conscious of myself, but like from what I'm seeing, and then you have to bring it back to what he's done previously besides 16, the power is not as there as you thought it would be. I mean, he hit 40 home runs in 16. So you're thinking he's going to be around there the, the whole time, and he's fouling off so many pitches that he should be smoking. And obviously he's going to get hot. Every hitter has that streak where they're going to get hot and they're going to be hitting everything. you know. But like... This, this is this this series is time. You want to get hot? We need to get hot now because all of a sudden now we're kind of in an urgent situation. And people are going to say there's no urgency this early in the season. But if you go in there and you fuck around in Milwaukee and you get steamrolled and Christian Yelich just hits three home runs and you're just getting blown out, shut down, you are all of a sudden seven and a half back. Yep, that's a hell of a hole to climb through, especially when you're not playing that particularly well. It's one thing that. You know, the bounces aren't going your way, but like when you when you have this bullpen, it's not, it's not like they have a bunch of these guys, well, their top three bullpen guys are all hurt, you know, they're just kind of hanging in there. This is kind of what you got. And then you got Marl, you got the, the lefty Collins they picked up, and he's, when he's healthy, he's good, but he's, you know, he's usually hurt. You have Sedano that, 
he whenever he gets healthy, you have Tony Barnett coming up whenever he's ready to go, whenever that is. It's not, but it's not like any of these guys were like studs. You're like, oh hell yeah, Tony Barnett, nice middle reliever for the Rangers with a three seven ERA. He's going to come and help this team. Or oh, Sedano, yes, the guy who throws ninety from the left hand side. That's what we need. We need another power lefty. Good shit. Collins, oh hell yeah, he throws ninety seven. Oh wait, he's he's had two Tommy Johns. Oh. Awesome. It'll be great. Anyways, like we've good job, Theo. We fixed it. Problems are fixed. We're all good to go. And I, I, yeah. And even like this, this series, the offense didn't look that good. They got shut out, eight nothing. Yesterday they were, they, um, they scored four runs. One was on a, a Willie Homer, and then tonight against a shitty bullpen guy that they just throw in because you're up nine to nothing. They hit two home runs. Awesome, you're down nine nothing. Sick back to back homers. Like who cares? Like you need when it matters, right? And they and the clutch hitting hasn't even, wasn't there this series. They had opportunities when they lost eight nothing to make that game. They had plenty of chances. They were getting. I mean, Sean Newcomb was walking. I'm giving him all. He's like, here, please score. And the Cubs just refused. And then Tehran, kind of the same thing. We have these pitches that you should be hitting, and they just they just aren't, man. And I don't think the offense is the problem, really. But at this point, the, these problems get magnified because when you have this bullpen, every run matters. Yeah. If you have if you have a guy like bases loaded, I understand bases loaded two outs. Like it's not a guarantee you're going to score any runs, but just get a single, get those two runs, or that's when you clear the clear the bases. Like look what the Rangers did. They won the game against when when Cole Hamels won because. A dude who doesn't hit for power got a pitch that he could do something with and, and hit a grand slam. And then the other day, um, Camargo, bases loaded, he gets a pitch he can do something with, three bases clearing triple, I mean, uh, double. And then it happened today. Get a, get a ball you can do something with, yeah. boom, serve a double in the gap. Like, this is a championship team. Those are the things you need to do. Yeah, you need to come through. You need to come through with that situational hitting. And I know they're hyping it up to be it's it's opportunity hitting yeah it's an opportunity to do some fucking damage now do the damage you know get back to that hitting especially for the big guys you know you need Baez to come through and drive in runs you need Rizzo to come through and drive in runs you need Chris to become Chris again he needs to be Chris Bryant the the poster boy of the major leagues you know the next big thing since sliced bread and he hasn't been that to this point. And to your point, you know, he hasn't put together a full season really since that major league, you know, his NL MVP year. And it it is concerning. It really is. And I, I, I mean, yeah, great. You guys are able to score runs, but like, it, they're almost looking like they have to score eight runs a game just to be in the game, and that's not good. I don't. I don't have to be Captain Obvious to tell somebody that. That's not good, you know. In order, in order for this team to do any kind of damage this season, they need to be able to get the hits when they need them, in order to help the pitching. And obviously, as we can see right now, that means scoring eight nine runs a game because your pitching probably is going to give up five or six. It's ridiculous, but that's that's Ron, the uh, name of the Ron, game right I'm, now. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But do you want to hear a quote from Joe Madden that really explains where we're at with you, Darvish, right now? Oh, I would love to. So after he, he had asked if um, Darvish weakened some, and that's why he took him out, said he could have continued. He was not weak. He actually pitched really well. Part of it is I wanted to get him out while he was pitching well. 
I wanted to make sure he left the game feeling good about himself. Is this guy fucking seven years old? Oh, my God. Like, what the hell? What does that even mean? That well, like goes I, back to last year. Well, I wanted to make sure stuff. I took him out, um, you know, in the fifth inning because he was feeling good about himself after, you know, walking a guy and letting up a, a rocket single. Like, he obviously was feeling good. It was That was a win-win for us. Good job, Darvish. Yay, it was so a fucking party. Get this man a slice of cake. You're getting paid $150 million. Figure it the fuck out, dude. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and that's the rationale? That's And, like, I'm not even mad at Madden for that. Because I'm sure that even, that makes sense. That's just the state. And, like, I feel bad that Madden has to sit there and answer these questions. If I was him, I'd be like, guys, what do you oh. want me to do? Do you want me to go out there and pitch too? Like, I got, I, I got nothing to work with here. Yeah. And, like, I feel bad for him. This man's going to lose his job. And then they're going to fire him. And he's going to be the scapegoat. And Theo will probably... Won't even sign an extension. I, I think his deal damn near is up in like 2021. He'll pop you to sleep. He's like, well, I got to see the World Series. Bye, guys. Have fun with your no farm system. It's just, uh, you can go ahead. I, I, I saw that on Twitter. I had to say something. About no, it. I, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded and mind boggled by that because literally the first, the first example that comes to mind, and I'm gonna throw it back to our, you know, college football days. If you, you, sir, for those that don't know, a little credit where credit is due, we have a two-time NAI All-American on this podcast and Mr. Justin Hunter. If you're a big ass, we are playing in a critical game, and Ladder or Lachito pulled you out because you just had a big pancake block and they wanted you to leave the game feeling good about yourself? Are you fucking kidding me? We'd all be sitting there cussing at them, telling them, what the fuck do you mean he's because he feels good about himself? Who are we going to put in there, me? Like, no. That's not how this works. <laughs> I, w- I want Darvish to feel good about himself leaving the game. Yeah, so we can bring in fucking shit, shit, and more shit? That's a great idea. Like and um, I, th- I would have rather him try to work out of it. It wasn't like he was just getting destroyed. Like no, let him, he let actually, him have a chance. He yeah. was king, guys. Like he can get a strikeout. He was getting ground balls. Like no, you know, fuck it. No, now I am mad at Madden. What? Are, what are your other alternatives? Let the man stay out there. You literally like, just let him pitch. You just literally need. What are you gonna, yeah, you literally need your starting pitching this year to give you at least six good innings every start. They have to. You cannot afford to let this bullpen. Pitch the whole fucking game. Because look what happened last year. You let your starters have only four or five innings every time out. And all of a sudden your bullpen's burned out by the end of a series because you had to use them three days in a row. Like, this isn't... You're not going to win games. Your starters, you're getting... You know, I I hate to be this guy because I know baseball's different now and this, that, and the other. But fucking pitchers used to pitch all nine innings once upon a time. Weird. It's a weird concept. But starting pitchers used to pitch the whole fucking game. And now and and this is this is maybe the one thing and the only thing over the last five years that I can really truly gripe about Madden that drives me fucking bananas. Is a pitcher will be pitching well and he gets to the fifth inning and he pulls him. And I'm like, give me that extra fucking inning. Give me six. You go six, I'm happy. Give me six. Give him a chance. Just give, give him a chance to six. work. Because yeah. he's never going to learn. He's never going to get the confidence that he can get out of it if you take him out every time. Like, right. what is that? Like, if Darvis sees that quote, which he will, of course, because, they, I mean, they always say, oh, we don't check social media. Yeah, my ass. 
So how does he feel about that? Like that's what he's like. That's where that's what people think of me. Get him out before he starts getting all sad and can't throw a pitch. Like this is a grown man. This is a guy who still has like the K per nine like record. Like not record, but he's like top three or something. And like give him that shot because if he gets out of that. That's something that he can build on. That's something he can move. Now he's got to just build on what he did today. And it was kind of a thing last year. Like before he got hurt, he had that start where he was in the fifth inning. I remember it. He was against the Reds and he worked his way out of it. And it was looking like, okay, that's like the man, it's like the hurdle he has to jump over. Cause we know there's things wrong with him mentally, not like wrong with him. I don't want to say it like that, but you know, like he's, you know, he's, he can get, he's, guys he's almost, can kind of get that at himself. Got, his confidence is shaken. Right, he's got the yips a little bit. You know, I mean, the last when's the last time he pitched a really good game, like uh, NL, uh, NLCS against the Cubs? He had two yeah. bad World Series starts, and then he hasn't pitched well for the Cubs yet. So give him that opportunity to, like, find it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, the slider was looking good. The fastball, he was putting it where he wanted to at times. Yeah, he lost his command, but it wasn't one of those things where he completely lost it where he's walking multiple guys. He would lose it, and then he would get it back again. You know, he'd throw a slider. He'd get, throw that cutter, when he, which he goes to when the fastball's not working as well. And it's just like, this is where we're at? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really mind-boggling. I mean... It's just sad. It's, just, <laughs> it's really just sad, man. It's like... Yeah. We're like laughing stock right now. We really are. I I've I, I happen to work with a ton of people from Wisconsin and they look at me at work and they just kinda giggle to themselves and I know why they're giggling because we're Cubs fans and they look like absolute piles of dog shit right now. And you know, I wanna since you shared that quote from Madden, I wanna share a quote from somebody as well. Uh, this is just a quote from my uncle, who is a diehard Cubs fan. He lived by Wrigley. This man's been probably to more Cubs games than anybody else I ever knew. And tonight, he just texted me and he goes, I'm really starting to think that Cubs World Series win in 2016 was a hoax. Because these guys look like a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. I honestly think that thought has crept into quite a few of our minds. And I I get it. And I know there's going to be a Brewers fan or a White Sox fan or a Reds fan or a Cardinals fan or whatever fan that's like, dude, it's six games. But when this team, to your point, is literally the most talented Cubs team in recent memory, you should not be 1-5 in five when you played the Rangers and the Braves. Yes, the Braves are a good team, but they are beatable. They are very beatable. They don't have, you know, a Washington Nationals starting pitching staff or they don't have a Dodgers pitching staff. They have an okay pitching staff and some good hitters. They're very, very fucking beatable for a team who really has been a Final Four baseball team most of the last five years. And it's, I'm sorry, it's pathetic. And it's frustrating because to your point, this team was supposed to be a dynasty. Even if they didn't win every World Series every year because let's be honest that's borderline impossible but they should have two World Series I think by now with the amount of talent they have if if moves were properly executed by the front office if some of these trades made more sense if they weren't overpaying like a motherfucker for some of these guys they might have a second World Series and I would feel a lot better about 
a Joe Madden five or six year tenure run if him leaving if they have two World Series versus one because then to my uncle's point I sit there and go wow that 2016 year was so magical it's like it was a blip in the radar it was a blip in the curse that's what I'm calling 2016 right now a blip in the curse because otherwise yeah they've been good they have, a bone. they have not come anywhere near what that team was in 2016. Nothing close. And it's it's disappointing, man. You invest yourself in this team, the hype, getting all excited about it. All these kids come up and make an impact. You know, you build organically. You know, Theo does it the way he did it in Boston, and you get that World Series, and then you're just hungry. Hungry for more, and they just you just hear you just hear the metaphorical gargle and just hock that loogie right in your face because that's how i feel watching this team right now i'm watching a team that won 95 games a year ago Get the fuck out of here <laughs> just, right but yeah okay like yeah. I, I mean you kind of look at like where the royals are right now and dude like if you think about it how far off are the Cubs from getting to that point? You know, the thing with the Royals is they had that core, like the veteran core that was really good. They had a really locked down bullpen that won them a lot of games, but they had no farm system and they weren't building their farm system. You can even look at the Giants the same way. And when those guys get older or those guys leave, what do you have? Now you have nothing. And it'll be a little bit easier for the Cubs because they, they're going to have a big market. It's still going to be a nice place to play just because of Chicago and all the amenities that the Cubs have and the fans and Wrigley and all of those things. Those help, but the Cubs are starting to lose that, well, we want to be on a competing team type thing. Like, Who's to say if the Brewers can offer someone just as much money or maybe even a little less to be on a competitive team, who's to say they don't get those free agents or the Cardinals don't get those free agents or anybody in the yeah. NL West? Or, and like, it's, look, at, look at the Phillies. Like, look at all these other teams in the NL that are going to be, I'm sorry to say it, better than the Cubs right now. Yeah. And it's almost like now, this is a little bit off topic, but Arietta, like, imagine if the Cubs just would have re-signed him to, like, a three-year, $75 million deal or something. Like, would he sign in Philly? Even though he, he turned down the Cubs for, I think the Cubs offered him more. But I think Philly may have been more AAV. Anyways... Like, I mean, he, yeah, he's not the same Jake Arrieta, but he's a lot better than you, Darvish. And he goes out there and he pitches, yep. and he's going to give you quality innings, quality starts. He's going to, yeah, he may not be striking out 10 every time, but this, his stuff is still hard to hit with all that movement. And at least he'd be someone familiar. Someone I know, I know Jake Arrieta isn't going to get pulled so that he feels good about himself. I know he's going to go out there every time and try to win, and he's going to be tough, he's going to be gritty, and he's going to do what it takes to. At least he's gonna at least give you an effort. He's gonna at least. I'm not saying Darvish isn't trying, but he's gonna give you something you can feel good about. Where when he where he has a bad game, where it's like, well, you know, it just wasn't his day. Now it's a bad game with Darvish. It's like, well, fuck that guy. You know, he's a pussy anyways. Like, I just, it's so frustrating, and like to watch as a fan. And like, do you remember like that feeling you had after the Cubs won the World Series? Like, oh my god, this Cloud team is nine. so fucking sick for years to come. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, maybe they'll get super hot and win a World Series. Even like, even in the starting of the season, none of us really thought 
like, my, I'll be honest with you. Like, we may have said it, but my real expectation, the Cubs aren't going to win a World Series this year. They don't got it. They don't got the bullpen. They don't got the staff, I don't think. I mean, if they go on one of those magical runs where the offense is just clicking and the staff has, like, resurgent years and the bullpen just works somehow. But it's it's sad. Like, the, the thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the season is because the Cubs win the division. And that they should be to the point with this team where it's, they're going to win the division. Who do we have to worry about when we go to the NLCS? And it's just not the case. Like even look with the Astros, like obviously they didn't win it, but like they're still set up to like go deep. Yeah. And Boston's struggling right now, but they're going to figure that, that out. Well, I don't know, man. Boston doesn't have that good of a bullpen. They're having some issues with Chris Sale, but that's you know not a discussion for this podcast. But yeah, man, it's just like this. This whole episode has just been like one big rant. We got we have the outline drawn up, but we're barely following it. We're just barely. It's we're it's a very emotional time right now for Cubs fans to be like, well, are we gonna suck? What, yeah. what? And now it's like we talk so much shit, and the Cubs made fun of it about Pakoda and their rankings and their like um, predictions on where the Cubs would lie. And one thing that held the Cubs back was they didn't believe in this pitching, and we all laughed at it like, huh, we're the Cubs. You know, like we've done it. We're, we're riding off of what we've done in the past at this point. And it's like, yeah, that shit was legitimate. And now look at us. And like, again, we're one in five. It's not the end of the season. There's still a shit ton of baseball to be played. Anything can happen. Who knows? Yeah. But just at this point, these are problems that aren't just going to go away. And as the season goes on and bullpen guys get worn out because Darvish can only go four innings. Or someone blows up, it's gonna get. It's only gonna get worse. Yeah, and even if Morrow is healthy, that's not enough relief for this pen because you have to keep the lead to the ninth to fucking let him go out there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, I think just to to quickly kind of sum everything we've just talked about up in a, a couple of sentences is that <laughs> to our listeners, clearly you know where our frustrations lie. It's with this front office. It's with this pitching. You know, it's not even fully with the offense. It's maybe pieces of the offense, but from a general standpoint, the offense actually looks good. And just to, before we transition on, you know, through through the rest of these points here, so we can let our listeners <laughs> maybe maybe clean the blood out of their ears from from our ranting. Uh, One have, second before we say no more ranting. We've we've let someone off the hook who deserves not to be let off the hook. What the fuck is Jason Hayward doing? He is brutal. I don't know where he popped up in my head. I don't know where he found space for me to think about that useless, useless ball player. But Jason Hayward, five double plays? Five, Ron? I want to say that man has had 20. At one point, he had 21 at-bats and was responsible for 22 outs. What in the hell? He is a liability out there. I want to know his war right now. It's got to be like negative 55. Yeah, somehow he's already cost the Cubs 55 games. He's just been uh, – I'm not going to make a long rant on Hayward because, I mean, what were the expectations? But still, it's like I couldn't let him get out of this unscathed. Go ahead, Ron. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's okay. And I, I I think that's just – it It can further summarizes our points of – Maybe outside of Rizzo, Baez, 
and maybe the next guy we're going to talk about here in a minute. I feel like we have at least a little bit of beef with just about everybody on this roster right now. And maybe besides John Lester. I, I don't have any beef with him at this point. Um, but just a quick pitching line statistic. We have an updated one, including this evening's game. Uh, Cubs pitching this season. 49 and a third innings. 46 runs. 61 hits. 41 walks. A 2.068 whip. This is not – that's disgusting. I, I'm literally about to chuck my phone across the room because I don't want to look at that anymore. <sighs> it's frustrating, man. And it's – you know what the crazy part about this is? It's it's six games. What, what, what are we, we going to do? this to talk about. What are we going to do if we're at the 45-50 game mark and this is still happening? Yeah, Carl Edwards has walked fifty-five people. Like someone's, someone's gonna have an ERA of like infinity. Someone's gonna pull it up. Did you see Trevor Rosenthal has an ERA of infinity? It's hilarious. Say <laughs> seven maps, hasn't gotten it out yet. That's incredible. <laughs> but who am I to laugh at someone's bullpen? I mean, shit, I'll take <laughs> Trevor Rosenthal right now. Oh, fuck. At least I know what I'm getting. At least I know he's not gonna get anybody out. I'll take that. I'll take some certainty. Because <laughs> yeah, this whole, this team is just full of uncertainty. Uh, speaking of certainty, um, one thing we can be certain about is that for at least the next five years, barring a trade, uh, we will be seeing a lot of David Bodie. So David Bodie, uh, for the listeners that may be getting caught up on, on recent Cubs news, uh, David Bodie gets an extension, uh, five years, $15 million guaranteed. So a very small contract. I think we... We we shared the the breakdown in in the group chat. You know, I don't think he makes more than like two and a half million in any given season of this contract. Um, um yeah, the, I think the first three, it's like I think first year is like nine point five. Um, one's like one point five. One's two. His last two years are actually club options. Those are the big years. So that's yeah. Those are like four three four point five. Yeah, I think it's like five. Yeah, those so are nine. The, yeah, nine and a half of that shit is club option i think it was just good for some certainty for him and his family and then the cubs in a way well and and you know if nothing else he's a piece it's a low risk high reward move and i think that was something we discussed internally amongst ourselves was you know even if he is just a rotational guy plays a little second plays a little third gets a day off here and there maybe gives you 15 home runs in a really good year maybe 50 ribbies let's say I mean, for that price tag, I'll take it. I mean, and he's he's really kind of becoming a fan favorite. Um, some from a, a PR marketing standpoint, I think it's a good move as well. Uh, I think he's earned it. I think you know he he comes up. He uh, just is the hardest hitting son of a bitch in the face of the planet. It, he hits one hundred and one mile per hour outs. Um, you know so. It's it's certainly a nice little contract for him. I don't think we're going to dive too deep into it, but as an update, so five years, fifteen million of that is guaranteed, uh, with as you mentioned, club options for years six and seven. So this could be a seven-year contract uh, when all is said and done. Uh, moving along, um, now that the Atlanta Braves series is over, uh, the Chicago Cubs will be heading to uh, our neighbors to the north. They will go visit the Red Hot. Maybe even white hot because they're that hot right now. Milwaukee Brewers, um, yeah, holy shit, Yelich, 
continuing with his MVP pace right where he left off at the end of last season. Um, you know, I, I, I think we've beat it up enough, so I don't want to, I don't want to open that wound up again, but you know, we know what is probably going to concern us going into this series. Um, I think just a quick question for you, what do would you consider a success from maybe a record standpoint of this series? Because then Monday, the Cubs will host, finally, the Pittsburgh Pirates for Wrigley Field opening day. I mean, bro, like, this is going to sound awful. But at this point, dude, if they get out of there with a win, I'll be happy. Like, I like I understand, like, you obviously, <laughs> I would love to win the series, sweep if some crazy shit happen. But just get out of there with a win. I mean, the one good thing is the Cubs do get to have Quintana... Hamels, Hendricks, yeah, Donna Hamels, so. Hendricks for the series. Quintana has pitched well for the Brewers, but he hasn't pitched a lot this season, so I wonder if he'll be rusty. Can't really afford for him to be rusty, but for the most part, um, you kind of know what you're going to get with Quintana. Hopefully Hendricks has a good one, and then Hamels, obviously. Um, they're, They haven't been like blowing teams away. They've won five games by one run. And they've kind of been banking on their pitching. I mean, they went against the Reds, who have struggled. And just, they did good against the Cardinals as well. But it's been it's been Lester. It's been, um, not Lester. Yelich and Kane have been kind of carrying that offense right now. And, I mean, obviously Yelich is insane. Kane has just hits the Cubs really well. He did really well last year. He's a really tough out. It's hard to get him out four times in a ball game. And then obviously Yelich can take you deep at any given time. And it's more concerning to me for the back end of the bullpen. Or just like if we do have, if we have like this tight one run lead and our pitcher gets out in the sixth, who do you like? Are you confident that we can keep that lead? Because I know the Brewers bullpen is going to be good. I know Jeffers isn't back yet, which is nice. Jeffers and Canable aren't. Canable is obviously not going to be available this season having the Tommy John. And then Jeffers is still hurt, but they could bring Hader in a given day and shut us down one, two, three, and that maybe that's the game the Cubs had the best chance. Maybe they don't have another lead those next two games or the other games, and then you're swept. So my expectations is go in there and win a game. My hope, go in there and win the series, but my expectations is I think they'll win, I think they'll win a game. I don't think they're going to lose um, eight straight games because it's just baseball. Like that's just, That just won't happen. But with this bullpen, who knows? Dude, I'm not confident that, like, just because it's baseball and all those things don't happen doesn't mean that they won't. Doesn't mean the bull doesn't make doesn't mean the baseball guys are like, all right, Rosario, we'll get you through this this uh, bases on a jam here. We got you, man. It's yeah. like, what is there really else to expect? You know? Yeah, I agree. I I think I would be happy with just a win because at this point. You take one game at a time, you get that win, you reset, reset mentally, the losing streak is a thing of the past, and you go in now and you can say, okay, one game at a time, let's go get the W today. And I think for this team right now, that does still have some youth on it, experienced youth nonetheless, but youth, that that, that kind of little bit of positivity with it, just getting a win, I think is going to help. I think guys are going to be able to reset a little bit mentally reset a little bit physically even because even if you're beat up winning cures all ills so um yeah i'd be happy with one win 
I think realistically, especially with how hot the Brewers have been, you know, maybe they catch him in two of these three games on not like a cold streak, but they come back a little bit down to earth, especially a guy like Yelich when he's just been ripping the league apart to start the season. Um, you know, maybe they catch those guys down a little bit, or maybe Hater, you know, comes in and, and gives up a couple of runs or something. You know, maybe has his first bad outing of the year. Um, you know, little things like that that could potentially go their way. Um, yeah, I think expectation would be it would be nice to just get at least one, but uh, two in a series win I think would be ideal, um, especially because then that gives you some momentum uh, going to that Pirates series because you know the Pirates really haven't been much better either, and that's that's a chance for you to beat up on the Pirates. So uh, I think that's my personal expectation then for that upcoming series. Um, well, sir, I've got nothing else. Do you have any any ending thoughts for us uh, before we get out of here? Nothing I haven't already said, man. Just what the hell? I guess that's just kind of like that's what define that's what it's kind of the word or the phrase that defines this week. Cubs, what the hell? What the hell is going on, boys? Like. Figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well said, man. Um, I, I echo that, certainly. Uh, just a couple quick ending thoughts of mine. Uh, very brief. Uh, no rants or anything like that. I think we've done enough of that to this point. Um, that being said, uh, to our listeners um, that are listening right now, uh, tweet at us. I don't care if you're a Cubs fan, not a Cubs fan, what have you. You know, what are your thoughts on this team right now? What do you what do you see as kind of an Achilles heel outside of the the obvious being the bullpen? You know, maybe something you've observed that, you know, we didn't mention or something that you you want to know more about or what have you. Whatever. Just, you know, be interactive with us. We want to be interactive with you guys. Um, that's going to make it more fun for all of us and and it's going to give us the opportunity to do uh, more quote-unquote fan interaction things um, as we we go through this season on the pod, you know, maybe guest appearances from other fans, um, you know, do some question submitting, uh, things of that nature. Um, so please interact with us. We, we encourage it. We ask for it. And, it, you know, another, another viewpoint outside of our three, you know, could provide for another discussion path uh, that you can hear here on NS9. Um, and just really quick, I'm actually going to opening day. Um, very excited. It'll what be my, do you? It'll be my first ever opening day. <clears throat> I'm gonna go, not hate my life, but I'm gonna go be miserable for a little bit in the morning. I have my uh, CPA exam um, okay. at 8 a.m. on Monday, and then uh, I'm jumping on the red line and, and going up to Wrigley, and uh, you know, catching up with one of my good buddies who's who's off work that day as well, and we're we're gonna go be bleacher bums and. And taking some Cubby baseball uh, on opening day. I'm super excited. Um, it would be nice to see them get a win. I know Lester is slated to pitch um, conveniently for opening day. So maybe maybe we might actually see a good pitching performance. But uh, if you're going to opening day and you're listening, um, again, tweet us, tweet me, and uh, I'll say hi. And if you're over 21, I'll buy you a beer. Um, you know, so let's, let's have some Ooh, fun. Open up the wallet. Oh, opening up the wallet. But yeah, man, you know, <laughs> let's, let's have some fun. Cubs baseball's back. It, as painful as it's been to watch, you know, maybe getting back to Wrigley will do them some good. I mean, yeah, starting out. Cooking, you know, yeah, a little your, home cooking. Uh, it's easy to think about how shitty you were when you were at home rather than sleeping in some hotel room. Exactly. Even though I'm sure they're not sleeping in, in no red roof inns. 
obviously they're staying in like five star hotels, but yeah, maybe they just need to get home. I would have been. It's kind of weird that they're starting on a nine game road trip. Nine, Start this, yeah, you know, nine, it's, it's kind of tough. Nine and games it, and it spans over what, like thirteen days or something like that, because of all the if, off time. Eleven had two days, weird, maybe. They've had two like weirdly placed off days. Like, why couldn't they put an off day between the Rangers series and the Braves series, and then an off day between the Braves and the Brewers series? Like, obviously, there's a, other like implications with that with other with every other team's schedule. But it's weird to have an off day between opening day. I know that's kind of like a, a thing. A lot of teams have that, but then just have a random off day in between that Braves series is really odd. And then having to play a night game the day before a travel day is really shitty as well. I mean, they're only in. In uh, Atlanta, obviously, it's not a very far flight. Like Georgia's actually pretty close to us, so I don't know, man. What's, yeah. what's, they need something. Something's got something's got to work. Maybe Jason Hayward would be a good time for another speech. You know, earn that money. Yeah, <laughs> anything at this point. And uh, yeah, to your point, man. Uh, maybe some home cooking will do them a lot of good. Um, so I'm I'm feeling optimistic going into Monday for this team. Hopefully, they can come out get an opening day Wrigley win. Uh, in front of the the home faithful, and then we'll we'll continue to take this season uh, one game at a time. So, without further ado, uh, for those that stuck it out with us on this nice lengthy ranting episode, uh, we appreciate you listening to us over here at the Northside Nine. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Northside Nine Pod. Don't forget the little pod at the end. Um, kind of an odd name. You would think Northside Nine would be available, but it wasn't. That's okay. That's neither here nor there. I am Ron Luce. Thank you to my fantastic co-host, Mr. Justin Hunter, and our fantastic producer, Mr. James Jacobson. From all three of us, we hope you have a fantastic weekend, and let's go puppies. Puppies.